Boy, am I excited for today's episode. This episode is one of those playing big moments for me where I think to myself, who would I really love to interview? Who would be so much fun to interview? Who would give the most insight, like really unique insight to my audience? And I thought of JP Sears and I said, hey, why not reach out and see if he wants to come on to the podcast? And voila. Magic happened, and here he is today to share his ultra-spiritual insight with us. And a few laughs along the way, but a lot of really insightful and very unique perspectives on his part. So I'm really excited to dive deeper into um, spiritualism and what it really means to be in touch with yourself in today's world and how to play with humor whenever things get a little bit too serious. So if you're wondering, who is this JP person? Because I haven't quite introduced him yet. Well, JP Sears is an emotional healing coach, YouTube author, international teacher, speaker at events, world traveler, and curious student of life. His work empowers people to live more meaningful lives. JP is the author of How to Be Ultra Spiritual. Sounds True Publishing, release date of March 7th in 2017. He is very active with his online videos where he encourages healing and growth through his humorous and entertainingly informative videos, including his hit ultra-spiritual comedy series, which has accumulated over 100 million views. You can learn more about JP and his work at awakenwithjp.com. So you may remember JP from scrolling on Facebook, and he's the guy with the mostly wearing a purple shirt and like a flower in his hair and khakis I think they're khakis I don't really know for sure but he's super funny and you're just gonna love him so before we head on over here's the review of the week and this comes from sassy pants Leanne and sassy pants Leanne says life coach for joy with five stars I'm in love with this podcast it's very personal and intimate and in a way I feel like I'm part of the conversation with a group of close friends instead of just listening in at my home. Listening to each podcast is like taking one step at a time to healing myself and living with positivity and joy every day. Beautiful. I love it. And know that that joy is coming from within you. You're creating that joy because you're putting on the lens of joy to look out at life every single day. So thank you for doing that for yourself. And I'm sure it's rubbing off on other people. So thank you for being a light for other sassy pants, Leanne. Cool. Well, this is episode 126. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but uh, tomorrow I am doing a free call. I'm doing a free teleseminar about the 10 top ways to get through any life transition. Who's going through a transition? Raise your hand. You, 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 me, everyone. Yep. Because we're all going through a transition. Just the breath that we're breathing, inhaling and exhaling right now is in a sense a transition. But of course, there are the bigger scopes of transitions that are going on in our lives. Endings, beginnings, doors closing, doors opening, relationships coming to a close or maybe just now getting started so many different things that are happening in each one of our lives I don't care where you are you're going through some kind of transition maybe it's just a mental state that you're changing maybe you're working on creating more abundance in your life so you're leaving the place of scarcity and moving towards a place of abundance so there's so many different ways to look at transition in in your own life but I would love to guide you through this call tomorrow and we 
we'll dive in deeper, learn about this more together. I'd be so delighted to have you there. So if you want to check it out, go to mattymoon.com slash transition and you can sign up for the call. You have to sign up for the call in order to be there because when you sign up, you get the number to dial in and you can dial in from anywhere in the world. So it doesn't matter where you are. So make sure that you sign up for that. And if you sign up for it, you will get a replay only if you sign up, I think. So sign up for it. Make sure that you're on that uh, list and make sure you join the call because if there's extra time, I will take questions, which will be really fun because I don't ever do that. I never really take questions live on call. So hopefully we'll leave a little bit of time at the end and then you can hop in and ask a question. How cool would that be? I'd love to hear from you. So I hope to see you there. And also please remember that my event is coming up. It's right around the corner. I know you think, uh, well, January is like so long away, but it's really not. It's November, guys. It'll be here before you know it. So if you want to have this refreshing weekend in the mountain with me and Amanda Duran, she's an awesome life coach, then you can come to the event. Uh, it's January 14th and 15th. It's called More Than This, where we'll be diving into what more there is to life, how to live with more purpose, more passion for something bigger than just yourself and how to let go of limiting beliefs. So you can check that out by going to the show notes for this episode 126, uh, or you can go to More Than This event. If you want to support the podcast, leave a review on iTunes, send the podcast to a friend, so many different ways to help out the podcast in its growth and its reach. Merely just sending this podcast to a friend. Like if you were just like, hey, I know blah, blah likes JP Sears. Or if you're like, hey, I bet Facebook would like to know that Maddie Moon did a podcast with JP Sears. You can post it there and then a new person will find it. And how cool would that be? Then they get the insight from JP and everyone's happy. We're all spreading this positive message and it's great. I've also started doing this new thing called, uh, well, it doesn't really have a specific name actually, so I don't know why I was about to call it something, but it is a Maddie's weekly favorite things email. So every Monday I'm going to be sending out an email of the favorite things that I'm into, whether it be a cookbook or it's a podcast that I really loved or it's something that I'm letting go of in my life or something I'm moving towards. I'm just going to be sharing it in this email and I got a lot of great feedback from the last one that I did. I had tons of people email back say keep going so I'm going to keep going so thank you everyone who did send in an email because I did ask hey if you like these let me know. So I got a good amount of feedback from that so I'm going to keep doing it. It's uh, Maddie's weekly favorites. I'll come up with some cutesy title eventually but make sure you're on my email my email list to get that and to get on my email list you just go to my website maddymoon.com m-a-d-d-y and sign up for your free lesson plan how to powerfully live your one life it is a course slash quiz and it'll help you learn how to uncover hidden gifts you have beneath deep down inside of your beautiful soul so check that out and now I think without further ado let's go head on over to this awesome show with JP Sears Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show.
Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show for episode 126. I'm here with J.P. Sears, and like I was just telling him, he's probably one of the first people I've had on in a year, maybe even two years, that I have been legit nervous to talk to because I am so excited. When you get someone on the podcast that you have been watching from afar for so long and really enjoying everything that they create and put out there and admire them. Well, that's JP for me. So thank you, JP, so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing your insight with us. Oh, well, you're welcome, Maddie. And I'm very touched to hear that you've been enjoying my work for a while. That means a lot to me. And to be on episode 126, I think everybody knows in terms of podcasts, episode 126 of this series is always the most important one. It's the most sacred episode. It's the one that I have been waiting and I've been manifesting to have you on for episode 126. So. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on your vision board for so long. And <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. Good. Okay, so the first thing we do, as in most podcasts do this, is talk about your background and your story, how you got to where you are today, how you became this ultra spiritual speaker. How? Mm. What's your story? Well, I was in prison for 40 years, and I had a moment of clarity on year number like 39 and 300, 364th day of year 339. Um, actually, that's a story. I'm kind of lying. But I think in a sense, I have been in prison, the prison of my own mind, self-contained boundaries, things like that. So let me act like I'm capable of giving you a serious <laughs> answer. You know, my background, I've done emotional healing coaching for the past 15 years. I've had a uh, client practice and done a lot of teaching, leading retreats, workshops, classes. And then about, uh, let's see, about three years ago, I started my YouTube channel just as a way of uh, voicing uh, my perspectives and sharing some sincere, call it advice, on helping people help themselves to heal, step more into their personal power, discover their authenticity. And, um, and that was cool. And then about a year and a half into my YouTube career, um, I started doing comedy videos. And at the time, I thought they would it would just be like a, a one-time comedy video, kind of like me scratching an itch that part of me said, like, this would be bad for business if I actually do this and you know people won't take me seriously and people won't want to work with me if i put out a, a comedy video instead of you know just doing the serious videos i was doing so but nonetheless i put out a comedy video and uh, and after it was out for about two weeks it it started to get traction and wider viewership uh, took hold and then a little while later i kind of thought like huh maybe I should do like more of those videos because one people like them, but not to be completely codependent though somewhat codependent would be the truth of me. It felt very uh, intrinsically satiating to be able to put out a, a piece of creative work that in my opinion had some artistic expression to it. Uh, you know, my videos based on what I know are really the first time in my life that I've felt like I've had a creative artistic outlet. Some people might be listening to this and be like, oh, you call that art, JP? It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, actually I do. Um, so yeah, w once, so once I get started in the comedy videos, 
they took off and sort of created a life unto themselves and opened up some new worlds of opportunities. And along the way, they've been uh, contrary to my original thought. They've actually been good for business. But most importantly, they've been very fun and enjoyable and fulfilling for me to do. What was that first video, the first funny video that you made? Yeah, the actually the first, first funny video, sometimes I tell different stories because mm-hmm. I guess my memory changes. Uh, the first one was called uh, How to Ruin Your Life. And then a few months after that, I put out... Um, my my first of the ultra spiritual series which was at the time or still is called how to be ultra spiritual um and i think that video was the one that really marked like okay this feels like there's more there and i want to keep sort of dancing with this creative muse that i did a little number with for that video when you started to align that aspect of your life, fulfilling that urge to be creative and really like, I know what that feels like to do something out of alignment and then ugh, that doesn't feel good. Do something in yeah. alignment and be like, yes, I'm on fire. Like, you know, light shooting out of my fingertips, feeling so good. Were there other things that happened in your life? Other ripples? Like you started to do this one thing that really, satiated something that was hungry in you and then you started to get more aligned in other areas of your life like relationships or financial health those things yeah you know um the relationship i was in at the time has since diminished so (laughs) relationships went downhill Um, or uphill i mean that could be a good thing right Absolutely. And I think ultimately it was the uh, her and I deciding to leave that relationship, I think, was actually an empowering step for both of us. Mm-hmm. So uh, but to answer your question directly, yes, other things did start aligning. And and I don't know that the the artistic expression with the videos caused it. I kind of think there was if I was just making up a story that I happen to believe. I imagine there was something subtle inside of me that shifted and therefore you starting to create these videos became a symptom of that shift. And then some of these other things coming into alignment. And part of that was like, yeah, as you mentioned, financial um, stability became more and more and more stable. Uh, and I think being aligned with my inner truth, uh, which I've always had a sense of like, yeah, I honor my inner truth, but it's become r- much more calibrated uh, since the videos started to come out and, and it's kind of like my willingness to just be a people pleaser, which I think has been the biggest disease I've had in my life. Being a people pleaser, uh, my willingness to do that is really fading away in order to honor my truth, what feels right to me, what feels true to me. And I think part of that is, is like, ma- perhaps making the connection with what I would call the creative spirit and doing my best to, you know, make a video that honors that vision, that connection with the creative spirit, it has a certain feel to it. And, and I think that's trained me to kind of inside of myself and the intangible feelings of that inner world. It's trained me to, you know, recognize that feeling and look for it and go for that. Uh, whether in, and, and that can be applied to many areas of my life now, whether it's a, 
business deal and opportunity, like if it has that same sort of feeling that I've become familiar with through the connection to the creative uh, process, the creative spirit, creative muse, um, then then I will go for the deal. And if it doesn't, then it just feels like a betrayal of self. It feels like a, I don't know, just a diminishment. So I love the question. And I actually, I really appreciate the question because it's helping me realize some, some things I've never really put into uh, thoughts or became aware of before. So thank you, therapist Maddie. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I have too much fun asking asking these kinds of questions because I'm really just curious because I've had those moments where I do one thing and then something else becomes more, uh, I guess, clear in my life where I'm like, wow, that doesn't feel as good as this thing over here feels. Yeah. So I should see how I can make that feel good too. Um, and sometimes that does end up leading to a breakup or moving a city, moving locations and that's all part of the beautiful journey. And I'm sure yeah. with you, your videos. So let's talk particularly about the gluten video, which I absolutely adore. Um, oh, thank you. It's a great video. It's one of my favorites, but it was fun, fun to watch, of course, but the people and the conversations around it, I would see some as it pops up in all these different Facebook groups I'm a part of, the conversations happening like, well, I am gluten intolerant and this isn't funny. It's hard, right? So I get what you're doing. I get what you're doing. You are making um, making light of taking this the spiritual side of diets too far and just easing it up. But you too, you have, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but you've had, you have gluten intolerance, right? Yeah, I've been gluten-free for... Uh, I think 14 years, give or take. So how do you try to, I guess, either explain or help the people who don't quite know how to lighten up? How do you help them along? Or how do you explain the purpose of your videos? That's one question. So yeah. I'd like that one to be answered. But also I'm wondering just how how do you not let the negative commentary get you down? when people mm. don't get it, because I'm sure you get that a bit. Yeah, and those are two uh, big questions. The The first part of that, you know, how do I explain to people who don't get my videos what the videos are really about? And uh, my answer is I don't try to explain them. Mm. Uh, I think that's a, that's an exhaustive, uh, exhausting process, an impossible process, and it's a, it would be a never-ending mission uh, which for me, it would rep really represent trying to control how people experience mm -hmm. my video. The last thing anybody needs from me is for me to try to control their mind and control how they perceive a video. For me, it'd be like going to a museum and uh, looking at a beautiful painting and having the artist blabbing in your ear what you're supposed to be seeing. It's like, shut up and let me see the, mm -hmm. see what I see. I think the purpose of good art is to be a mirror. We look into it and I think we see nothing but ourselves. And of course, it's a, it, we're, we're seeing a language through art of metaphors and symbols and maybe paradoxes. So it's not a literal reflection like we see in the mirror. I think it's something far more conscious of it. That's why art is the 
you know, it, it communicates in the language of symbols and paradoxes. It's beyond the literal. So out of respect for people, I have no interest to try to tell them what their meaning of the video is. I know my intended meaning, and I also know that it's important for people to exercise their free will and see themselves uh, in the video and to enjoy it or feel offended by it or anything in between. That's their experience. It really is. Um, and with that said, I, I purposely don't try to soften you know, the landing of a video. So like when I released the gluten video, I purpose purposefully didn't, you know, add a disclaimer. Hey, everybody, I'm gluten intolerant mm. as well, because I think that would detract something. I think that would be an act of trying to control how people experience um, a video. You know, I do believe there's in our society, there's a lot of sort of connoisseurs of outrage, people who are always looking for something to be offended by. And it's funny because when we look for something to feel offended by, we'll always find it. I mean, there's no end. Like, I can get offended by the tree outside. Like, oh, it's got green leaves and my hair's red. So does that tree hate me? Is that racist against redhead? Um, and I do have the belief that when we get offended, we're actually feeling something. Uh, we're feeling we're getting in touch with an insecurity that we've been carrying around inside of us. We've probably been out of touch with it for a while, but here we are uh, experiencing some kind of trigger based on our perception of whatever we're looking at, whoever we just heard. And and if that's true, then what it means is we're having the beautiful opportunity to get in touch with something that's unresolved inside of us, something that needs attention. Hence, it's normally under the surface. We usually don't see it. We ignore it. And therefore, we can't do anything about it. But when we get in touch with that, we know it because we're emotionally charged. And most of the time, I believe that when we get offended or triggered about something, that emotion isn't being created in the moment. I believe it was created usually a long time ago, but it's just coming to the surface, just like a geyser. You know, when we watch a geyser go off, when the water's shooting out, the water's not being created in the moment. It's been under the surface for a long, long time. We're just seeing the actual expression of it into the light of day. So I do believe it's therapeutic to not try to dissuade people from feeling offended if that's how they actually need to feel. And I will add a little asterisk disclaimer on that. As I hear my words, those words could easily be a cop out uh, for me to say, like, I like to hurt people's feelings, but I'm going to rationalize that it's good for them. Um I hope that's not true, uh, though I realize it could be a possibility. But my best conscious intention is to always help never uh, hurt people. Um, so with that said, second part of your question, when people you know, do need to voice negative comments, and by the way, negative comments, that's sort of a negative attitude about comments itself. So when people voice comments of an emotional charged nature, um, which actually I'm shocked at what a low percentage um, of those comments there are. Uh, but of course, there are some. And how I deal with them is typically by doing my best to have a solid sense of self, to know what 
my videos mean to me rather than trying to author my definition based or the meaning I have about them based on what they seem to mean to other people. And that also means that the positive comments, people with glowing praise, I need to realize that's not my video either. What my video means to me needs to be authored by me. You know, if I try to embrace all the positive light, then that means I also have to get attached to the uh, other side of that polarity. And uh, that would be enough to drown anybody. So with that said, I, I do, uh, when I see negative comments, I do my best to not engage with them. Uh, I don't try to engage, well, you're wrong and how you think you, uh, or how you're interpreting this video. I just realized trying to engage with people at a logical level when there's emotional charge, it doesn't work. And, uh, and I, I don't want to slide down that slippery slope. So with that said, long story short, doing my best to stay grounded in my meaning about the video as well as staying connected with kind of what I would call the creative spirit that really helps me feel uh, pretty stable and solid, even if there's, you know, call it hate mail coming in. Oh my gosh. There's so much good stuff there. Like I, I know the, I logically, I know the importance of detaching from both the praise and approval if you want to become less attached to the criticism, but it is something that takes conscious effort because it's easy to just be like in love with the praise you get on your work and, let it really just almost dictate the creations that you do put out because it does feel good. And, and then with that, if you really want to learn how to detach from both ends of that spectrum, you have to learn how to detach from craving social media praise and looking on Instagram for your likes and really protect your heart in a way. And remember to stay focused on the true authentic version of you and what you want to create. And if you get too overwhelmed and obsessed with the comments people are throwing your way, then your creations will start to move into the direction of what people expect from you. And then as you know, expectations, all that stuff can become very overwhelming. What you yeah. going back to what you were saying on, on part one of that question, um, have you ever, or do you even know, maybe, you know, him, uh, Mark Manson. Uh, I don't believe I know him. He is, I, you just reminded me a lot of him. He's great. He just wrote this book and I've mentioned it on the podcast. I did a whole podcast on it actually. So people listening are probably like, yeah, yeah, we know that you like him. <laughs> but he wrote a book called, um, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And <laughs> so good. But one of the things he talks about, like it's just one of the best books I've read all of 2016. But one of the things he talks about is how there's this epidemic going on of everyone getting pissed off. Like everyone is pissed off on everything. And the point of his book is not to say, don't care about anything. It's to, to not caring about anything not important. And yeah. so like, stop getting offended that there's a video on your Facebook you don't like, like learn how to deal with it yourself. Yeah. And you have, you only have so many fucks to give and you're, <laughs> gi you're giving it to the wrong things. So he yeah. helps you learn how to form what to give a fuck about, which is awesome. He like goes through values and how to measure your values. What's a good value? What's a bad value? And it, the way he 
use his colorful language makes it very entertaining. I'm, I'm sure someone else has written a book similar to this, but it's different because Mark Manson wrote it and he wrote it in his beautiful little colorful language. Um, but it's very interesting that this world that we live in, I think the way it is built with society and easy access to everything, it makes it easier to get stressed about little tiny things that aren't a big mm. deal. And it's our personal responsibility to work on ourselves and to learn how to not care so much about little things that shouldn't bother us. Yeah. Oh, I love that message. And I, I would dare say just the title of that book is therapeutic <laughs> to hear. And, and I, I like the, your interpretation that uh, we only have so many fucks to give. And I think it is important to give a fuck about, like you said, the important things. Um, but determining like what is important, I think is very important. And I, you know, otherwise, like if we just give zero fucks, I think that's an attitude of indifference, which I think is mm. um, a very disconnected way of living inside of ourselves. I think we, we can only be as indifferent on the outside as we are indifferent to ourselves on the inside. So, you know, with that said, if, if someone in my inner circle, someone who I have a close relationship with, I trust their experience, um, someone who I know very personally, if they were to say, you know, JP, this video uh, you're doing, um, I think it's actually crossing a line. Like, I would give a fuck about that. I would want to take a closer look and open up a conversation and get some input of, you know, some other uh, people in my inner circle. So absolutely. I, so important to give a fuck about the right fucking things. Mm -hmm. And he talks about indifference too. He's like talking, he pointed that out that it's not about being indifferent because there's no, there's nothing to be prideful about being indifferent. Like people yeah. are like, I'm indifferent. Like that's actually not a good thing. Like he wants you to have opinions. Yeah. Yeah. I think indifference is actually intense attachment. It's just the passive polarity. So like giving a fuck about everything, like that's active uh, attachment. That's the active polarity of attachment. But just being like indifferent, like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like that's incredible attachment. You're just expressing the passive polarity. So in other words, you have no sense of self. You're basing your whole reality on other things and going in the opposite direction of them. That's what indifference is. And I think it really costs us our sense of self. And yeah, nonetheless, you got me a little excited uh, hearing you mention uh, indifference again. Yeah, it's a, it's a great topic. I highly recommend that you read this book. I think from everything I can tell about you, I think you'd like it. Yeah, um, sounds really cool. Yeah, it's great. I highlighted almost every single thing inside of that book, and I'm trying to put it all into action. Um, so I did want to ask you, is there anything going on in your life right now, anything going on in, in life period with culture, society, whatever, that you cannot make light of? Is there something that you've been thinking about? I wish I could make light of this or make a video about this, but you can't. Maybe you're pissed off by it or there's no creativity coming with it, but something you wish you could create, but you just, there's a blockage. Well, um, not that I'm aware of. Uh, and if you asked me this question early in the day yesterday, I would have had an answer for you. And my answer would have been like the standing rock, uh, situation. And it's kind of like, you know, I have a voice. I think it's a very important cause and I want to support it. Uh -oh. And the idea what is it, I don't even know it. <laughs> oh, Standing Rock. So, yeah, there's a, a big oil company who's 
you know, part of their company, they're super responsible for a slew of onshore oil spills. So they want to build a, a very big pipeline that uh, originally is somewhere in North uh, Dakota. I think it spans multiple states, but here in North Dakota, it was going to be going through a community with, you know, uh, people who, I don't know, their average income is something like, 20% higher than the national average. So call it a, a somewhat affluent community. So the community got wind of this uh, pipeline and they're like, we don't want this coming through here because it, you know, pipelines break. It's just inevitable. They will break and it can be devastating to the water supply. And so anyway, they lobbied to get it rerouted into an Indian reservation where the average income is something like 60% less than the national average. Don't quote me on those statistics. They're kind of ballparks. And uh, in other words, on the Indian, Indian reservation, these people have less money and therefore less influential power over what the oil company is going to do. And uh, anyway, there's about 8,000 people now on the Indian reservation who are staging a uh, 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 protest slash protection against the pipeline going in because they want to protect the water supply. And they also want to protect some sacred burial sites that are on their land. And of course the oil company and the everybody is trying to get it routed. So it's a, it's a very important cause. I think, um, I think if the pipeline were to go in, it would be sending a powerfully devastating message about uh, the way the U.S. values the Native American, uh, culture. And I think in our history, there's been so much disrespect towards the Native American culture that this would probably, in a way, set us back by a few hundred years. So nonetheless, that's the JP snapshot of the, the situation. And there's really nothing funny about the situation. But anyway, yesterday I had a meeting with a, a charitable organization that's really supporting the cause. And they brought up the idea of doing a video. And during that conversation, I had a lot of ideas like, oh, here's how I could do that video in a way that doesn't cross the line. And it's funny, but supports the cause. So Anyway, which was really fun because I realized that to a degree, my voice is an influential voice. Um, and, and I think when I speak through the language of humor, my influence reaches a bigger audience. And it's important to me to uh, have a voice about things that are important to me. Just like we're talking about, we need to give a fuck about what's important to us. may not be important to everybody else, but it's important to us. So... I'm excited that the kind of the creative juices were tickled to figure out like, oh yeah, here's how that can be done. And I can feel good about having a voice to support a good cause and reach maybe a decent amount of people because I can do it through humor. Yeah, that's, first of all, thank you for that lesson. Um, I'm glad to know what's going on. I, I too feel like that's very important. I think Man, it is very special. It's very cool. And I love talking about purpose because to me, purpose is a feeling. It's not this one thing we chase after. Yeah. It's this feeling. And it's we're all here on this earth to do many things, many awesome things. But I think it is exceptional that you've been given this gift to reach people who wouldn't otherwise hear about certain things or maybe even care about certain things with humor because that is such a powerful. And how funny is it that it was the thing you 
once didn't want to do because you were afraid people wouldn't listen. And it's the exact thing that's drawing in so many people to listen. Yeah, that is, it's hilarious how wrong I was. Like I literally couldn't have been more wrong. Boy, that's humbling. Mm-hmm. And was it partly because you were like, I don't know if I'm funny enough? You know, it's a, I think that was definitely a, a part of it. Like, am I funny enough? Though I've always had a degree of self-confidence around my delusional sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I think it was just more along the lines of like the meaning that I feel is important in my mission, my purpose that that'll bleed out. You know, humor isn't watertight. The meaning will just bleed out and it'll just be empty humor. Uh, but that, that I think has been the biggest surprise. That was the biggest block in my mind. I didn't think that was possible yet. I've discovered from my delusional point of view, the, the humor actually can be pretty watertight and it can be the carrier of meaning. Mm-hmm. I was watching, I was going through your YouTube videos and I, I watched the one about, um, I don't, I don't remember the title, but it was about like controlling your kids. Ah, yes. Oh my gosh, it made me laugh so hard because you have this doll and it's just so funny. Dennis, yeah. Dennis, oh my gosh, I'll have to make sure I include a link to that in the show notes because that one just got me like no other when you did the um like the breakfast with like the three characters that a breakfast needs or a meal needs to have. Like colors, uh, animal shapes, and then you put on like my favorite foods all in a bowl. Well, not Gatorade, but I love those animal crackers. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about. But... I, oh yeah, those, I always ate those as a kid. I think they were like those, you know, kind of I don't know, whatever kind of crumbly conglomeration of gluten they are, but they had that thin layer of pink icing on the top. The sprinkles, that texture, <laughs> exquisite. Absolutely. <laughs> I would actually get a whole bag of those and a whole bag of like mixed mini candy bars with my friend Diana when we were in the marching band and we'd have a sleepover like every Friday night and we would eat both of those bags completely just go through an entire thing of frosted animal cookies, the white and the pink, and then an entire bag of like fun size chocolate bars. I don't... I don't know how, first of all, I could handle so much food and sugar, but like that stuff now to me is just like, whoa, that's just a total flavor surprise because I'm not used to eating things like that. But yeah, I loved them. I loved them. Uh, me too. And and it also kind of shocks me thinking back to like, because I used to eat the same kind of quantities of sugar and it like shocks me like how I could have eaten that. And really not knowing any different. Whereas if I ate that now, like I would feel like terrible and I even feel it the next day. Um, yeah, so it's interesting thinking back to my version of those days with the frosted pink animal cookies. Mm-hmm. But that video was very spot on. I appreciated that one a lot. Oh, thank you. What were you doing before these videos became so expansive. What was your life like then? What was your quest at that time? I know JP Sears as the YouTuber, the funny guy, the ultra spiritual man, but like, I'm curious what, who were you before that? What were you doing with your life and what path were you on? If, if it was any different from the one you're on now? Yeah, I would say the, the core of the path, uh, is and was the same. 
uh, really helping people to help themselves uh, heal their hearts, step into their authenticity and uh, search for meaning in their life. Uh, but I think the how, how I was executing that path and or that purpose and walking the path, the how looked different. So what I was doing before was probably 90% of my time was spent in my emotional healing uh, client coaching practice, working with people all over the world via Skype is how I do my coaching. So that, that was 90% of the time. And then probably about 10% of my time was spent traveling around and teaching classes, leading retreats, that kind of thing. And, uh, so I was doing a lot of that and I, and I still do, I still have my client coaching practice. It's just, I, uh, I've had to, I've had opportunities that come up and when they speak to my heart, I want to make room in my garden for them. So now I'm my coaching. Um, I do two days a week with clients and, uh, you know, there's been a lot more added to the garden since then. So, but yeah, that's the gist of how, life like look like for me and in you know going back even a few more years than that in my early 20s how I was predominantly working with people was through exercise and nutrition uh, with a little bit of emotional stuff mixed in and then the emotional stuff just progressively glued grew to completely uh, eclipse the exercise and nutrition components of it were you into personal development because of a course that you took or a, or a speaker that you heard and they just got you super gung-ho about spiritualism and being passionate and helping people in, in ways that were broader than just the physical body? Yeah, absolutely. And that speaker, uh, I would definitely consider him my first mentor. I spent a lot of time, a lot of years uh, working with him. His name is Paul Check, and he runs what's called the Check Institute named after himself in uh, Southern California. And the the first in-person course I took with him, which it was like a course all about exercise. But during that course, like he would have these little pockets uh, of discussion opened up about like how nutrition influences our body. I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then these little pockets of discussion open up about how emotions impact our body like even if we're dealing with physical pain or performance or exercise stuff so these little bits of wisdom he would drop about how impactful these unseen emotions were and stress is on the body it fascinated me and it, and he would have even smaller pockets of time devoted to the abstract like spiritual ideas but they were somehow grounded because there was this hardcore physiology that we were working with. So it it made sense to me as well as at the time I had him on a pedestal. He was like a rock star to me. So it was a person who I really respected and seeing him value emotions and the spiritual life. That's what inspired me to uh, start open opening up those mysteries uh, in you know my professional life, but more significantly in my personal life. You know, I was, at the time I was very emotionally shut down, didn't know it at the time. But a fish doesn't know it's swimming in water, and an emotionless fish doesn't know it's swimming in an emotionless sea either. Uh, so yeah, uh, Paul Check's influence on me was very very instrumental in getting me intrigued about these paths because. 
if before I took that course with him, if you gave me just sort of like the typical spiritual teacher in front of me, I would be, I, I'd yawn and I wouldn't even pay attention. Uh, or if you talk to me about emotions, I'd be like, oh, emotions, those are the things that women have. Uh, real men aren't supposed to have those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed a breadcrumb trail and, and Paul Check was a wonderful shepherd to lay out the gluten-free breadcrumbs for me. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's, I had a guy on, um, the podcast probably a year ago who went to that as well and he looks up to you a lot and to Paul Check. Oh, wow. um, you may have even uh, worked with him before. But I had him on to talk about being a man and insecurities and body image and it was a great conversation, but he had brought you up in the in it and talked about his time at the Paul Check um, uh, live event and the emotions mm-hmm. he went through and it sounded like it was a very I would say ground shaking experience, um, just reevaluating all of his beliefs, how he felt Mm. about spirituality and religion and all these things. I don't know too much about him, but from what I've heard from you and from him, it sounds like there's a lot to be learned there from him. Yeah, that was definitely my experience. Um, And uh, what was the, this previous guest's name? If you recall, his name was Shane Hubbard. Do you know Shane Hubbard? Shane Hubbard, the name is definitely familiar. A face doesn't come to my mind, but the name is definitely familiar. And Shane, please forgive me if my memory pills aren't working, but I forgot to take my memory pills, so that's probably why they're not working. Well, he is also a, a trainer, a coach. Um, he had uh, lots of male body image things to chat about, which I always appreciate whenever we can have a conversation around that because it is such a hush, hush topic. Like you said, the emotions, no emotions, and these insecurities aren't real, all of that. So um, that was good, but you're a huge role model to him. So (laughs) that's great. Well, I'm honored to hear that. And I'll pray for him. Uh, Wow. (laughs) I'm the role model. Careful what you model yourself after. It's fun because I had posted, um, oh yeah, me and you are going to be in a documentary together, which is super exciting. You know that with Victoria, she's creating the documentary. Yes. So she came here and recorded me talking about my experiences. I, I don't think you know this, but I used to be a fitness competitor and was super obsessive and terrible choices and and disordered eating and all of this. But, um, I was talking about it and I shared a picture on Facebook about it and I was bragging. I was like, I'm in this documentary with JP Sears, blah, blah. And I had like three people comment and be like, he's my role model. Tell him I want to marry him. Oh my gosh. Like I'm so excited. So, I mean, you're a big deal in, in these circles. Oh, well, thank you for that. My my ego just grew about three dress sizes. <laughs> and to those marriage proposals, um, can you please convey a yes to all of them for me? I will, and I'll tag you in there so you can maybe decide which one or if you're more into like the multiple marriages then. Well, I might do the multiple marriages. You know, it's, it sounds more progressive. Um, but I also like the idea of marriage engagements via Facebook. I haven't heard of that <laughs> I feel like we're cutting new territory here. Speaking of the ego, um, I know, I know that ego is something that you incorporate in your work, like learning how to play with the ego instead of fight it and shut it up. I think that's a beautiful mindset shift instead of shaming the ego for being around and said, saying, Hey, you're a part of me and I love every part of me. So like, let's learn how to work together. Do you feel as your success has grown 
that ego has gotten bigger and it's something that you have to watch out more for because with success can come that, oh, you you know, you want me to be on your podcast? Ha ha ha. I only do podcasts <laughs> that have this many reviews or like, I don't yeah. have time for that. You know, because we all have thoughts like that at times. Has that been something that you've had to work on? That's something that's come up or have you done so much work in your life in the past that it's become easy to glide into this I would say more more fame because yeah you are an internet sensation. Um, uh, yes, it's definitely a struggle, and yes, it's definitely something that I have to continue to do work on. Um, you know what my what fame recognition um, and some amazing opportunities represent to my ego. Um, uh, are of course an egotistical view of things and other parts of me look at them and say, okay, I see these are facilitators of my purpose, but nonetheless, the, the meaning my ego assigns to them and how my ego reacts to them, it does scare the living hell out of me. And I'm, I hope it continues to do so. I think it, me being afraid of, uh, my ego, uh, getting out of control, that actually feels like a helpful boundary to regulate it. Um, or else, you know, if I wasn't afraid of having my ego take over, then I don't know how I would really have motivation or awareness to keep it in check. And, um, and I, I'll also say that, you know, I, uh, the last couple of years, I'm 35 now. So starting when I was about 33 is when I started to receive, recognition beyond I don't know what's average so and at that point I had done 13 years of very consistent self-development for me uh, or in my life and even with that I'm amazed how much of a struggle it is for me and and um, and I can't imagine being able to stay in any kind of balance if I hadn't had uh, the 13 years of consistent inner work on myself. Um, you know, I look at, you know, some child, you know, younger people who get recognition in their teens uh, who have no foundation of self-awareness, no real, they haven't had a, a real meaningful a relationship started with their heart. They may not have much of a connection to their intuition and their guiding principles. And I, I can very much understand how people lose themselves and treat people like crap. In other words, their life becomes nothing but territory for their ego. Like I, I actually understand that now. And I would actually consider it a horrible curse for whether it's myself or anybody else to have any kind of real recognition come their way without having first some level of solid foundation of uh, connection with their heart. Otherwise all we have is um, our egos guiding principles rather than our hearts guiding principles. So having said that uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to at least do my best to stay in balance. And it does scare the hell out of me. In fact, uh, do you know, um, do you know Elliot Hulse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So Elliot Hulse and I, we were guests at a retreat in Vancouver this past summer. And Elliot, I just loved him. He and I had talked on the phone a few times, but that was the first time he and I had ever met in person. And and he's had a lot of recognition for, um, you know, a good handful of years now. So in other words, it's like he's my wise elder in this sense. And I was having a discussion with him where I was sharing like, I, I am actually afraid of losing myself. And and it was wonderful to be able to learn from his experience because in it, uh, by his own admission, he lost himself to the recognition fame kind of cycle. Uh, and, and in my opinion, he's done an amazing job of coming back into himself. So, I considered it a wonderful opportunity and it felt very beneficial to be able to learn from not his knowledge, but his life experience, his wisdom of sliding down a slope that scares me. So not that I will pretend that I'll always stay in a perfect place of balance. I don't know that I've ever been in a perfect place of balance, but it is important to me to minimize how much I slide down the slippery egotistical slope. Mm -hmm. That, is an excellent point. Thank you. I'm, I'm really grateful that you shared that. Just thinking about that foundation, how important that is to really know yourself and know your values. Like we were talking mm. about earlier before you get this fame and success and you're, you're thrown out because you can lose yourself. So I think that's something really to consider, especially for people who are trying to get their message out louder. Maybe it's not supposed to be out super loud quiet yet because you still have work to do within your heart so that you can handle that success whenever it does happen or that expansion of your message when it does happen you have that foundation so you'll be able to hear your ego whenever you need to hear it and whenever you need to keep it in check i think that's a beautiful way to look at it really mm. awesome so oh, well, thank you for that I know you have something you got to do. You got, you got to move on with your day. So before we head on over to the quick fire round, which I'll just ask you a few questions, mm -hmm. um, where can people find you? Yeah, well, if you're good at stalking people, I'm in my office right now in my uh, house. <laughs> so you can just peek in my office window. And if you don't want to go to those measures and please don't, by the way, um, <laughs> um uh, world needs anything. Uh, it needs everything but stalkers Truth. and mosquitoes. I don't get mosquitoes. I'm sure they have some purpose, but nonetheless, a uh, great place to find me is on my website, awakenwithjp.com. And of course, from there, there's links to all my social media stuff. So you can follow me if you want, wherever you would like to. Excellent. And I will have the links to those on the show notes for this. And Time to ask you some questions. Cool. Well, I'll start making up some answers. All right. What are three words to describe you? Uh, great question. I think delusional, humorous, and caring. Oh, those are good. And, and you, yeah, I stuck to the light side. I'll just pretend the shadow side doesn't exist for the <laughs> of that question. Jerk. If you could live anywhere, <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world besides where you live right now, where would it be? Mm, maybe Kauai. Mm, yes, good pick. What did you eat for breakfast? Uh, let's see. Bulletproof coffee is what I had for breakfast. So, and if you, uh, if listeners are unaware of bulletproof coffee, bulletproof is just a brand of 
coffee and it's kind of, they also have a brand, sort of a branded system of adding a bunch of butter and a bunch of, uh, MCT oil to coffee, then blending it up. So it's a hell of a lot of fat that kicks you into a state of ketosis to start the day. So you can, um, run your energy stores off of your fat. So anyway, a long winded answer. Bulletproof coffee is the answer. <laughs> Delicious. What's your morning routine like? Yes. Uh, I wake up, I take a, about a 30 minute walk. Then I do, uh, uh, grab it. Sorry for the truck noise outside. It's all part of the planned thing for the show. Uh, then I do a gratitude exercise. Uh, then I do a, a, cre a creative exercise, just like what are three things that I'm creating, and then a breathing exercise to help, you know, enliven my body. And then from there, if I am at home, then I will jump into a freezer full of water, so it's very cold water, and that just seems to enliven me any uh, a lot further. And then from there is where maybe you consider my workday starts. And typically, uh, in less unusual circumstances, I'll start my workday with at least an hour of creative time, whether it's creating videos or scripting or some kind of writing. Um, so that's pretty much encapsulates my morning routine. Love it. Uh, do you have any pet peeves? Hmm. Yes. Uh, what is my pet peeve? I think dogma is a pet peeve. And I think ironically, I'm a hypocrite because I'm dogmatically against dogma. <laughs> and um, here's another pet peeve, aside from that truck that keeps driving by. I think the other pet peeve is criticism from people who are unwilling to take action in their own life. And I, I, I want to own this because I do this too. It's not just me blindly projecting on other people. I'm guilty of it too. But when we sit back and stay the essentially the viewers of life, not participating in the arena, as Brene Brown would say, yet people offer criticism. I, I think that's, I won't get into my psychological breakdown of it, but Parts of me have a lot of judgment about that. That's actually a really good one. I can relate to that. And I relate to also being on the other side sometimes. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, what's your biggest turn on in a partner? I would say her having a sense of purpose in her life is very sexy. Beautiful. What is a must-read book? Mm. You know, I'm I'm gonna play the old uh, "The Power of Now" card by Eckhart Tolle. I can't believe I've never read that book. I can't wow. believe it. You, I know, Maddie. Do you even know what the present is? I really don't. I really obviously don't. you are so stuck in the future right now. Maybe the past, but <laughs> I don't even. Why do I have a podcast? I don't. I'm not worried. Exactly. This podcast isn't even happening right now because it's being recorded, but it's being played live right now in the now by the listeners. So that's kind of bridging. But yeah, I would, uh, Maddie, I would guess that you actually already integrate a lot of the concepts of that book into your life. Just having a chance to get to talk to you, I'm guessing um, you've, in a sense, already read a lot of that book from other sources and just your own life experience. But nonetheless, I think it's a wonderful book. 
Two last questions. If you joined the circus, what would your position be? I would be the guy who goes around and uh, sets all the animals free. So I would like be a, like a trader of the circus. I love that. No one's given that answer. That's great. Last question, and this one's tough. Who would you cast to play you in a movie about your life? Mm, it's a it's, – someone asked me this question before, and I – of course, thought about it too much and said, well, Brad Pitt, because that's just most egotistical answer. But I would say my real answer would probably be Edward Norton. Oh, that's great. I love Edward Norton. Yeah, he's pretty cool. And he plays everything well, too. Everything. Yes, he does. I think as long as they grew his hair long and had it dyed the right shade of red, I think he would do an amazing job. Well, JP, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you got to run, but I am beyond thrilled to have had you on here. And this episode is definitely one of my favorites. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us. Oh, you're so welcome, Maddie. I appreciate you having me on and appreciate all you lovely listeners. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk with you more in the future. Everyone, make sure you go over to maddiemoon.com slash jp-sears to get the show notes for episode 126. While you're there, if you haven't yet um, downloaded your free quiz, How to Powerfully Live Your One Life, you can do that over there. And I really appreciate each one of you for tuning in and listening to this every Wednesday. So I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful rest of your day. 